to the Dildork Storky Discourse on sex, dating, and masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist, a sex blogger, and a wife? Question mark? <laughs> Who are you, friend? I'm Bex. I'm a sex educator and a sex blogger. And I, I mean, I'm fairly certain I made that happen. And not <laughs> in the way that sounds, I guess. <laughs> Facilitated the process. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if the, like, paperwork has gone through. I don't know, mm. like, if I'm technically a wife, but nah, I fuck am. the government, though. You did yeah. the thing that counts. Yeah, I'm a wife in spirit. I, I That reminded me that I told Matt that they were not allowed to ever make the Borat, my wife, reference mm. about me at any Good. point. Um, but I have made it about myself a few times since <laughs> I got married. Because <laughs> that's my prerogative and my right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah so i got married and you officiated it and it was very cute it was was uh, the cutest pandemic wedding i've ever been to certainly Mm -hmm. um and yeah it was a good time so i thought it would be fun to i have a list in front of me of like wedding tropes and traditions because there are oh so very many of them and I thought we could go through and chat about each of them and uh, maybe chat a little bit about how you could make it kinky or yeah. how you could just not do some of these because they're shitty and old fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> I love that our options are like avoid the shitty old fashioned thing or fetishize it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what else are we going to do with the shitty old fashioned thing? <laughs> We're like, let's, you know what, actually, let's le- leave the old fashioned stuff that gets me hard and get rid of the rest. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, I want to start by talking about wedding dress fetish for a second. <laughs> Why? So it does not surprise me that mm-hmm. you are the person who first said that combination of words to me. Right? Who introduced yeah. me to that concept. Because, like, sure, obviously it's a thing that exists. And as soon as you said it, I'm like, yeah, of course. <laughs> but you would be the person that introduced yeah. me to that. That's how I felt also when it kind of just popped into my head one day, because I had a sponsor post assignment from somebody who the like the keywords were bridal related. And I was like, what the hell am I going to write? Because at that point, I was not engaged and like also did not foresee getting engaged or married. So I started thinking about it and I was like, surely wedding dress fetish is a thing. And I Googled it and it like sort of is, but there was actually not that much about it, surprisingly. Mm. Okay. Oh, well, so first of all, can we, who, what, what were you linking to that was bridal related? Were the keywords? I'm sorry. <laughs> it may have been an unethical website. I'm going to be real with you. It may have been like a, uh, I don't know if it was quite as bad as like a mail order bride situation, but I think mm. it was sort of a, uh, setting up people who are perhaps disadvantaged with people who can maybe help them, but in a maybe ethical unethical way i don't really know i might cut this part of the show (laughs) (laughs) that's fair because that i don't like i was just that is such a weird seo Mm -hmm. thing to be targeting was more my question yeah i was like i'll do it but i'm not going to talk about whatever the hell you're trying to sell i'm going to talk about wedding dress fetish (laughs) (laughs) naturally yeah so what did you find when you searched it (laughs) Yeah, well, okay. One of the things I found that kept coming up is that there's apparently like a a crime novel about a fictional serial killer whose thing is he puts wedding dresses on his victims before he kills them, and then they're found with the with the dress still on. Which I, is I want to talk to the author. Image, right? <laughs> <laughs> about how they got that idea, right? I yeah, I, I fully just want to know more about the person who created this murderer. Yeah. It sounds really kind of intriguing, though, right? Like, Mm. I still think I might read it, just because it sounds really weird. I was going to say, it could be done in a really, like, really interesting way, or Mm -hmm. it could just be really weird um, and unclear, but certainly intriguing. (laughs) I did find, like, some some forum posts from real non-fictional people talking about this. And uh, I quoted one of them in my piece about it because he summarized it as like, a wedding dress is one of the most over-the-top feminine things you could wear. Like it's very Mm. kind of traditional and seen as like the height of femininity and beauty in certain pockets of our culture. 
Um, and so that's kind of where my mind went with it is it's like, first of all, there's all the like implications of like virginity. Mm-hmm. But even if you're not thinking about that side of it, it's like the, your wedding day is the day when you're supposed to be like the, basically the most beautiful you've ever been in your entire life. Um, and you're very like put together and like you spend a lot of time on your look and probably it's expensive. And so there's the element that we sometimes talk about with like crying kink and stuff of like mm-hmm. ruining something beautiful. Um, yeah. Do you, do you have any feelings about wedding dresses if you search your dark heart? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's certainly fun things in ruining them. Um, mm-hmm. And that honestly gives me more, like, creativity photography feelings than it does, mm. like, particularly sexy feelings. Yeah. Like, I want to do filthy, dirty things to a person in a wedding dress, but just because I'm really going to enjoy the art it'll make more than anything yeah. else. Um, but I think that's because for me, what really comes to mind when you're talking about like the idea of fetishizing a wedding dress is more about the symbolism. Like, yes, obviously the virginity stuff I have met myself. Um, but also (laughs) just the importance of that day or the symbolism of that day as this turning point in a person's life, Mm -hmm. um, And, like, as being really, really significant and, like, yeah, there's there's just a lot to play with there. It it just, honestly, I don't know, it symbolizes for me all the ideas of marriage, which is Mm -hmm. just a lot to fuck with. Yeah, yeah, it makes me think about what it would be like to fuck someone who was about to get married to someone else Mm -hmm. and how that would be this sort of, like, illicit role play type situation maybe kind of a cuckolding thing mm-hmm. um and then also to your point about photography like i don't know if you know this there's an entire genre of wedding adjacent photography called trash the dress mm. where after your wedding you have a photographer document it as you completely ruin your dress like sometimes people like throw paint or food at it or like wade into the ocean wearing it and stuff like this mm-hmm. and um I didn't want to do that, but, like, that's not really my my kink or my aesthetic. I could see how how some people would find that uh, interesting and, like, maybe even cathartic in a way. Like, get rid of this thing. I'm done with that. I'm moving on to this new chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the trash, the dress stuff. I've definitely seen things like that. And, like, I, it's certainly more appealing to me than um, just tucking it aside somewhere and, and saving it around for a while, you know? Yeah. Um, but what stood out for me also what you were talking about around, like, the kind of cuckolding thing, or there is a kind of, like, not necessarily linked to virginity, but almost, like, chasteness and purity that, like, Mm -hmm. comes with the idea of uh, a wedding dress. And for me, it's just bringing to mind, particularly, like, the very traditional ones, Mm -hmm. just this... I don't know, image of heteronormativity. Like, the pinnacle of, and like, I don't know, the goal or like the biggest celebration of this culture that I'm not really a part of anymore at this point. (laughs) Like, that feels really, really foreign to me and like a piece of my past. Like, sometimes I look at things uh, or I visit places like that and I'm like, what is this, like, 2006? And I'm like, oh, no, like, there's a whole chunk of the world still living there. I'm the only one that left it. That was just, never mind, it's fine. Yeah, like, you outgrew heterosexuality, but there's a whole lot of people who, that's just their life. Right, that world kept happening. Um, But I I think that's kind of, there is also just a white picket fence-ness about a very traditional wedding dress um yeah that i think is very interesting to play with yeah i compared it in the piece i wrote to cake sitting in that like when i went to a cake sitting party and i was like basically informally interviewing people around me who were into the kink and were at the party because i'm a fucking journalist by day and by night um some of the things that they brought up about like why they enjoyed it were like uh, maybe it had to do with childhood where the cake was kind of the center of the excitement and the focus in these like very high intensity situations of birthday parties and stuff. And so maybe there's something powerful about ruining something or engaging with something that 
had that much kind of emotional power for you at the time. And I think that the wedding dress is really similar. Like the way that the traditional wedding is set up is so that the bride has to like walk in from the back of the church or wherever and walk down the aisle. And it's this big reveal. Like you're like a celebrity and everybody's turning and looking going, Oh, Oh my God. And, and so it's just this like hugely emotionally powerful and resonant thing for the event. Like it's one of the most powerful images of the entire event, which is itself like full, you know, iconic images. And, uh, yeah, ruining it or fucking it up or just uh, having sex and somehow not fucking it up would be uh, interesting and powerful in its own way. Yeah, and also in many of those cases, I'm sure that wedding dress, like while being the pinnacle of all of these like beautiful things, oftentimes I bet you the person wearing it is the person who planned that wedding and put a <laughs> lot of time and stress into that day. Yeah. And that day may not have been something they spent months and months looking forward to with joy, but rather, like, apprehension and stress. And that dress might symbolize some of that, too, at that point. That's not where I thought you were going with that. I thought you were going to go in the direction of, like, the bride probably organized a great deal of this, so she's kind of the head bitch in charge. Like, I mean, she basically is, even if she didn't plan it. Like, she she is, and this is where kind of, like, the bridezilla type of tropes come from. Mm. I don't think I was a bridezilla. I think people kept trying to like help me do things or like do things for me. And I was just kind of being me and being like, I can do it. It's okay. Like you you don't have to do it. The one thing that you did help me out by like, I didn't want to climb over this fence into this (laughs) fenced area where we wanted to get married. And you did the sweetest thing, which is like, you were, you're like, I'm going to go walk around the perimeter and look for weaknesses. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm going to find what options there are to get inside. If there is a step, like the lowest piece of the fence, what I found was a piece of fence attached with one wire, which was conveniently removed. Yeah. And then you untwisted it. And like, someone asked me later if I wanted to walk down the aisle uh, in any sense. And I was like, no, like I'm wearing heels on like muddy ground in a park and like it's kind of hard to walk anyway and also like walking down the aisle like I said in my head is kind of all about the big reveal and like you know everybody had seen me already um Mm -hmm. but that was kind of the closest I got to like a fancy walk down the aisle moment was you like disassembling this public park fence for me (laughs) so that I could (laughs) and it like it like popped open too it like fully revealed this little like doorway and then we didn't close it back up because like you had guests coming and things yeah um so we didn't close it back up and by the time we left like the whole area had been taken over by people like people were playing with dogs and had like set up a picnic we were just like well i guess i guess this is just open now yep bye whoops To be clear, we were not doing anything illegal. Uh, the park was just not not well managed that day, I think, because it was supposed to be open and it was not. So we just took matters into our own hands because, fuck you, it's my special day. <laughs> That's what I would say if I was a bridezilla. <laughs> I mean, um, also it's fine. It, I, I would have been fine if it was illegal, honestly. it's <laughs> New York City can let us have our parks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine. They're like some of the only places we can semi-safely go anymore. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, in, in terms of some of these traditions, we spent a really long time talking about the wedding dress. And I think the <laughs> like typical idea of it is that it has to be white, um, which is tied into those ideas of virginity that we were talking about. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm curious, I don't know, what... <laughs> What you chose for your dress, first of all, if anyone hasn't seen any of the pictures, uh, and Mm -hmm. what your thoughts on that are. Yeah, when I was a teen, and I would be fantasizing about weddings, as some teen girls do, um, (laughs) I often envisioned myself wearing a really bright blue ball Mm. gown type thing. Because I just have always loved blue. It's always been like a part of my aesthetic and stuff. Um, And then I read this article by, or this interview with Sarah Jessica Parker at some point. (laughs) Or she was asked like what she regretted about her wedding. And I don't I don't know actually what color dress she wore, but she said she regretted not wearing white because it's just such a special thing. It's like one of the only days of your life when you can wear a white dress and it doesn't necessarily look weird or out of place. 
Um, and I don't think I like I owned a white dress from a thrift store back in high school at some point, but it was like not fancy. And other than that, I had never worn a white dress as far as mm-hmm. I can recall. So I was like, I think I want to do it because there is something so iconic about it. And mm-hmm. it, I did kind of feel a little bit like I was cosplaying as the image of traditional femininity or something. <laughs> I mean, but that's a little fun. Like, it, it, you know, I want to know. um how you thought about what you were wearing. Cause like another kind of like trope or tradition of wedding days is like, sometimes the bridal party has very prescriptive rules assigned to them about what they're supposed to wear. And they're supposed to like match uh, color wise. And they're supposed to like, sometimes like the bridesmaid have to wear like super ugly dresses. Yeah. Um, that's a whole, there's a whole thing about that. Yeah. We didn't want to, I mean, this was such a small and informal event it, and we didn't really have a wedding party per se, cause it was us and six guests, which is basically <laughs> a wedding party. But like, uh, how did you think about, uh, putting your outfit together? Because like, I feel like you, you haven't been to a lot of weddings in the time that I've known you, at least it's kind of like a, an out of the ordinary thing for you to be dressing for. Yeah, I definitely have not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, the last wedding I went to was a family wedding that was mm-hmm. a very, like, ma- big Italian family, right? Uh, marrying, I believe, another big Italian family. Um, <laughs> so it was just massive wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, part of it was in a big, dimly lit tent outside the venue. And I, like, walked outside and came around the corner with my brother and was like, I've been in places like this, not usually with family. Uh, I'm going to (laughs) go. My brother was like, what? You know what? No, Mm, never mind. (laughs) So that's the extent of my wedding experience. (laughs) It turns out it's the same like tent rental company as Dark Odyssey uses. (laughs) It's like, oh, hey. (laughs) I know that tent. It was because it was like, (laughs) it was just like dimly, like moodily lit. And there was like music pumping. And it was in, like, Mm -hmm. this, like, pop-up tent thing. And I was like, I don't... mm, (laughs) mm, I'm wearing more clothes than I'm used to in these spaces. This is weird. So why is my brother next to me? Help. (laughs) Um, But in terms of uh, picking out what to wear, honestly, it, it was easy enough because I don't have a ton of things that fancy. Um, but I really appreciated that the dress code was, I'll no be fancy. Um, yeah, I think we wrote, like, something fancy and that makes you feel beautiful. Because um, mm-hmm. that's m- more important, I always feel like, uh, is that you feel fancy in what you're wearing, even if it's not, you know, conventionally fancy. Although I do think your outfit was, in some ways, conventionally fancy, except then you zoom in on the details and you have, like, queer and trans pins and like a leather tie and like mm-hmm. it was just a very you look i got a lot of family members telling me that you looked very handsome and i i had to agree oh <laughs> yeah i so i wore um i had just like a white button up and a uh black vest but i wore my favorite leather tie which i love because it is like you don't notice it because it's just a black tie but like the light catches it or whatever and you're like oh hang on that man's a pervert um <laughs> Which is helpful information for anyone staring that closely at me, let's be honest. <laughs> um, and is I it also... hard to tie a leather tie? Yes. That seems so like it annoying. would be really hard. <laughs> yes. Um, and you have to do a... Um, you have to tie a double Windsor, which is fatter than I would normally tie um, mm-hmm. most of my ties, but... It because it doesn't fold as easily because it's so stiff. You need that right. extra like space around the curves, right? Um, and you need a good tie clip because it uh, rides up a lot. Mm. Um, and I did not have a tie clip because I had to run out the door because I'm pretty sure I was getting fucked before your wedding. <laughs> um, I'm honored. I, like, yeah, exactly. I figured. <laughs> So I'm, like, tying a tie in in the lift, and I'm, like, I don't have my tie clip. This is is fine. (laughs) Um, And then I had my leather jacket, which I appreciated because I do have a suit jacket, but it would not have been nearly warm enough for that day, and I don't look nearly Mm -hmm. as spiffy in it. Yeah. Yeah, leather makes total sense at a wedding between two perverts. Exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah. Um, while we're talking about outfits, actually, uh, there is a commonly said phrase about things mm. you should be wearing or have on your person uh, on your wedding day. And the phrase is, of course, something old, something new, something borrowed, and something blue. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of blue things. I like blue, as as previously discussed. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I had anything old or anything borrowed uh, because I wasn't really paying attention to these like <laughs> old school superstitions uh i i don't really even know like where this came from or like why it's supposed to be important i think it's kind of one of those things where like you're probably going to be so nervous and anxious leading up to your wedding that it's kind of psychologically helpful to have like a checklist of some sort even if it's like essentially meaningless just to Mm -hmm. help you feel like you've got your shit together in some way and you've like prepared enough yeah, I'd be really curious around the lore behind it. I'm sure there is something tied to, like, luck and superstition around it. And it's honestly probably the kind of thing that would appeal to me in this sort of ceremony. Um, mm. Because it's an opportunity to, like, add a little bit of symbolism that matters either only to me or only to me and a few people. Which is, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, my favorite ways to, like, hide little shit in big, exciting <laughs> things. Um, so I would probably, like pick something stupid and significant to be my, like, borrowed thing and keep it or whatever. And I like the ideas of, like, you know, someone gifting you your blue thing. And it's like, oh, this was my blue wedding blue thing. Yeah. Um, So I just like it because then you get to have four things that have meaning and are, like, significant from that day. Yeah. It it reminds me of all the discourse around, like, royal wedding outfits, um, because I always love when they do these, like, really detailed breakdowns of, like, this, you know, part of Kate Middleton's veil was, like, inspired by this thing that, like, Queen Elizabeth wore at her wedding, like, however many years before or whatever. And they're, like, picking Mm. apart the details. It's all very, like, subtly referential. Um, In general, fuck the monarchy, but I do always find that really interesting. And, like, it is something that I... Uh, wish I had uh, more kind of like wherewithal to care about in my own look um, in terms of like being really detail oriented and like each item like you know meaning something because I think Mm -hmm. I think that's nice what about uh, how you're not supposed to see each other before the wedding this is actually I think maybe one of the kinkier things (laughs) yeah and I was thinking about this um because when you sent me a selfie, because Ash and I sent you a selfie on the way to the wedding, and uh, you sent us one as well, and I was like, oh, cute! And then I was like, I had a moment of like, oh, look at them just like standing next to each other, all like ready <laughs> for their wedding to just head to their wedding together. Why yeah. does that feel weird? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a little weird. We talked about it, because like a, a few days before, Matt was like, so we'll just walk over together, right? And I was like, well, I mean... There is something about that tradition of not seeing each other like the entire night and morning before that I kind of like. But I think it's Mm -hmm. just the part of me that really likes a dramatic big reveal. Like I've been saying, like, um, it's like romantic edging. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And there's like a whole genre, like subgenre of wedding photography called the first look, which is Mm -hmm. like before the ceremony, you see each other for the first time as opposed to doing it like during the ceremony. Um, and then you will have a photographer there to just capture your expressions as you like see each other and go, oh my God, you look great. Um, and I always really liked that and like probably still might do that when we do like a, another bigger uh, wedding event after the pandemic. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, like we thought about having one of us like stay at a hotel the night before or something and get ready there. But I think ultimately it just was like, this wedding was so unconventional already that you know, it's fine to do things unconventionally. And it was actually kind of fun to get ready both together in the same place. Um, It reminded me a little bit of like how I used to get ready with friends before we would like go out to the club or whatever when I was (laughs) in my early 20s. It's like it has this like powerful energy of like we're getting, you know, communally psyched up for this thing that we're going to do together. That's that's really cute. I also think it's really cute how, like, sometimes couples before their wedding, if they don't want to see each other, they'll have, like, messengers or go-betweens who, like, Mm. bring things from one to the other if they need to or whatever because they don't want to look at each other. (laughs) It's, like, really intense. Very very strange. Yeah. Uh, So before we talk about wedding night sex, ooh, Mm. um, 
I want to talk a little bit about tossing the bouquet and then tossing the garter. Do you know about this tossing the garter tradition? Is that the thing where a dude weirdly crawls up some woman's wedding dress and takes off a garter and throws it? And I don't know what it means, (laughs) but it parallels the bouquet thing and boomers that are usually quite tipsy by this point get rather (laughs) saucy and I don't know why. Yeah, so I looked into this, because uh, this is not a part of, like, the wedding lore that I grew up with. Um, and, yeah, so the tossing the bouquet thing is, like, pretty tradi- traditional. Like, the bride has a bouquet, and, like, I think toward the end of the ceremony, she, like, tosses it over her shoulder, and then the bridesmaids and women at the wedding are supposed to vie for it and try to grab it. And fight to the death. Yeah, whoever catches it is said to be the person who's going to get married next, which I always thought was so strange. Like, what if you caught it and, like, you don't have a partner um, and, like, nothing's on your horizon? That would be pretty weird if, like, I've seen rom-coms. Then a cute boy smiles at you from across the room (laughs) and you fall in love. That's what happens. You're right. That is is the dream. You are Um, the quirky girl who was not even actually really fighting for the bouquet. You were standing off to the side, but the bride's got bad aim. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're like Zoe Deschanel or something in this Obviously. fantasy. Yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah, so the equivalent for dudes is this toss the garter thing, which is you're supposed to toss like the bride's actual garter uh, over your shoulder or whatever, and then the dudes are supposed to try to catch it, and whichever one of them catches it is supposed to, I guess, be the one who gets married next, which is sort of funny because like in straight dude culture, that doesn't seem like it would be a good thing, really. <laughs> Follow up. Yeah. What's a garter? Okay, good question. Very good question. <laughs> a garter is a... <laughs> Isn't it the doohickey that holds up stockings? And why is it a different doohickey at weddings? Yes. Okay, good question. Yeah, a garter is a thing that... It's like a stretchy piece of fabric that goes around your thigh and is originally meant to hold up stockings. But in the modern age, we have stockings made of like fancier, more modern materials, so they don't really require that. Um, So it's more decorative and it's more a tradition. And I looked into this and actually apparently the origins of this are that uh, people would wait around outside the uh, room where you were consummating your wedding after after the wedding um, for evidence of the marriage having been consummated, which in ancient times would sometimes, not ancient times, that's the wrong term, um, but in days of yore, it would sometimes be like a bloody sheet or like mm-hmm. uh, the soiled wedding dress uh, with, with blood on it and stuff like that. And a garter was like, I guess, one of these items that meant that the bride had been like fully undressed and I guess thoroughly fucked. So uh, that's where that comes from. And it's very salacious for a, for a wedding tradition. <laughs> It is. It's a lot because they all like there's always like weirdly saucy music and Mm -hmm. like everyone gets all excited and they're like, ooh, and I I don't I, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, it's like, ooh, that's been around the thigh of a recently married woman. Sexy. I didn't even think about it until after. And I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't wear a garter. Because it does seem like something I would have wanted to do just because I love little fancy touches like that. Mm -hmm. But I just didn't occur to me. And I think it's fine. Like, (laughs) I wasn't wearing any stockings. I didn't need it. Yeah. And the the thing is, I was also confusing garter belts with garters. Because I was like, removing someone's garter belt under a dress. Seems tricky. Would be an ordeal. Yeah. And, and they're and always like the little, yes, and they're always <laughs> much, th- much thinner than someone's waist when they come back out from under the dress, which is why I'm like, the fuck is that? We sell garter <laughs> belts at Babeland. I tell people to use them to hold dental dams in place. They don't look like that little fucking lacy shit that you're throwing across the room. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I'm trying to think if there's any pervertible usage of a garter. I, I mean... The only ones I can think of are dangerous, like looping it twice around your dick as a cock ring, which you should not do. No. Um, yeah. I'm sure it's a fetish I mean, item for many people. Yeah. Yeah, probably. So anyway, to more interesting <laughs> wedding nights, such as mm-hmm. yours, I have deliberately not asked you about it so yep. that we could do it on the internet. <laughs> okay, so yeah. talk to me, A, about like, the significance of uh, wedding night sex and 
B, how yours was. Thank you. Thank you for asking. You're the first person to ask me that, which makes sense. That's a very you thing to ask me about. <laughs> <laughs> it is, I, so like you say, I'm the first person to ask you. And A, obviously that makes sense because a great many of the people you talk to, that would be inappropriate. But B, like, <laughs> I feel like more people should ask you about that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because like, it can be a really high pressure thing from what I understand. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I think I was still like researching that series of bridal related sponsored posts that I mentioned earlier. And I asked on Twitter or Facebook or something ages ago, like friends who are married uh, or who've been married, like tell me about wedding night sex. Like, how did you feel about it? Uh, what did you do? If you feel comfortable sharing, like it's just a, a really interesting tradition to me that like mm-hmm. <laughs> in such a otherwise like chaste and wholesome event there's just like all this like ribbing about you're definitely gonna fuck tonight <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> kind of really silly and odd and uh i heard from like a few friends of ours who are married like kate sinclair and samantha fraser and some other folks and uh a lot of what i heard surprised me because it was like we were actually so tired from mm-hmm. the drinking and the dancing and the nerves and the whole thing socializing all of that um that we didn't have sex like we just went to sleep and a lot of these people who were saying this were like yeah i felt great about it it was like the natural conclusion to the night like i didn't feel you know pressured or shitty about it but mm-hmm. i also know that like there are definitely people out there who believe that it's like bad luck or a a bad sign of things to come if you don't fuck on your wedding night. And I guess I just wanted to say like, it's fine if you don't, like it's a very exhausting thing to go through. It's, it's not, you know, necessarily the sexiest, you know, prelude, uh, especially in more traditional weddings where like, you're going to eat a full meal and maybe there's an open bar and you're just like full of solids and liquids. And you've been talking to people all day. Like, I just think that doesn't sound like a recipe for an aphrodisiac. Yeah. yeah, no, I feel like I would like, I would want to plan an elaborate kink scene and I would not, but I would probably have like, I don't know, my like, I don't want to call any of my sex run of the mill, but you know, Our go-to playlist of sexy things, like the kind of sex we have when we're just like, oh, it's the end of the day, and uh, yeah, seems like fucking time, I guess. We're both (laughs) tired, but not that tired, seems like the next plan. Um, Like, because I, yeah, for me, I think it would be like, theoretically, I get one wedding night, or only a couple. Um, (laughs) But they they don't come around all that often. Right. Uh, So, like, for me, it would be, like, well, I have to, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, not so much have to, but I would, I, I'd want to, because, like, I am the, well, you only get one shot, so I might as well. Yeah. Yeah, I also feel similarly, like, I often can't resist a uh, a good opportunity for some kind of good story. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so, like, I remember... Like over a year ago when Matt and I first started talking about that we wanted to get married, they got to the part of one of our late night phone calls where ordinarily phone sex would be instigated. Mm -hmm. And they like went into their sexy phone sex tap voice and were like, so what do you want to do your first time having sex as a married woman? And I was just like (laughs) blushing and giggling and like, oh my God, because this is a person who just gets me like that would not necessarily be a sexy question for many people, mm-hmm. but that just felt really nice to me. And it became almost like a kinky fantasy as we discussed it. And like mm-hmm. something that we decided then and then like later adhered to is that we wanted it to involve the Enjoy 11, which if you don't mm-hmm. know, is a huge, hefty 11 inch stainless steel dildo. Mm-hmm. which was central in how we met, actually, because <laughs> the first time that we, I think, ever talked, uh, one of the first times we ever talked on Twitter was I had asked, uh, out of curiosity, like, when you read sex story reviews, just to, just to my followers in general, like, when you read sex mm-hmm. story reviews, are you getting turned on? Because I don't really write them with that in mind, usually. Um, and if so, like, which of my reviews have you had that reaction to? And Matt, without any commentary whatsoever, just replied with a link to my Enjoy 11 review. And I was like, ooh, 
Okay. You don't say. Hello. Yeah. A person who's not intimidated by my fondness for this 11-inch stainless steel dildo. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we knew that we wanted to involve that. Um, and Matt's mom had gifted us a night at a hotel that she had gotten through, like, some kind of business travel thing. Uh, and we decided – yeah, it was really sweet. We went to this, like, really pretty hotel. And, like, I felt pretty okay about going to a hotel during COVID because I feel like mm-hmm. – it's you know there's constant cleaning and there's a lot of distance between you and pretty much anybody else who's there so i've done it a few times for porn shoots and stuff to get like different backdrops and it's always been like really fine for me in new york at least yeah yeah i think it's about like distance and and all that yeah, we're, we're thinking about maybe going to a, ho- a hotel during our, like, we're taking a little, like, honeymoon staycation uh, mm-hmm. in December sometime, and we were thinking about maybe going to a hotel, because it seems like a fairly low-risk way to feel like you're taking a vacation um, mm-hmm. when you can't really. To just be in a different space, but still alone. So yeah. it's nice. Yeah, so we went to this hotel, and they knew that we had just gotten married. So they had set up, like, a champagne and chocolate-covered strawberries for us in our room, which was so nice. And we were just kind of, like, really drunk because we'd just been to this big dinner that everybody Yes, you were. Yeah, we were there with you. Yeah, it was was a drunk night, but, you know, it's fine. (laughs) It's my wedding (laughs) It was, no, it was delightful. I believe it is also the only time I've seen your partner drunk. Which oh, what were they doing that that tipped you off to that? <laughs> they were just way more extroverted and jokey and giggly than I have ever seen them. Mm, I believe yeah. they made a joke about fucking you quite loudly, and I was like, "Excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> hello," and you were like, "We're going home," and I was like, "No, keep this one here. This is fun." Yeah, I, I do love a tipsy mat. That's that is a good time. Uh, yeah, they were a delight. <laughs> yeah, so like we got there, we were pretty drunk. I brought my weed stuff with me because weed is like uh, a pretty constant thing for me uh, when it comes to sex these days for a variety of both medical and recreational reasons. <laughs> um, and we had packed a few sex toys. I think we brought my erosolator, which is like my go-to clit vibe, and the eleven. And probably like a bat or some kind of impact toy. And the thing is, I don't specifically remember the sex because I was kind of drunk and also because we have a lot of sex over here. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do remember it was very good. And afterward, I felt like that felt like the right thing. Like that felt like what I wanted that to feel like. Um, Mm. And... Yeah, I just think, like, I I hope that people getting married nowadays are able to not be mean to themselves and and pressury and stuff about, like, having perfect sex on your wedding night or whatever, because Mm -hmm. it's really just one night of your lives, and, like, it really doesn't have to mean anything. And, like, you can even, like, role play a few days later that it's your wedding night (laughs) and, like, kind of do a do-over, and I think Mm -hmm. that could still be a really fun role play. Yeah, for sure. And what I love about that is that, like, you did have these, like, cute little significant touchstones that you had planned ahead that, like, did have meaning to your relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Um, These little, like, mementos or sentimental things or whatever. Um, But it was not, like, I know I would be very tempted to, like I said earlier, plan, like, this big elaborate thing and be like, this is going to be my special wedding night sex and this is everything i have planned for it there's a Mm -hmm. spreadsheet and notes um and then it wouldn't happen because a a wedding is presumably a very intense emotional experience and a long exhausting day Mm -hmm. and i i like would get to the end of the day and would not do what i planned and it would bum me the fuck out um so i love that like you had these few little things that you were like i want this toy to be present when i'm getting fucked i can make sure that happens um (laughs) yeah and otherwise just like like you said y'all have a lot of sex over there and you could it could just be more great sex like that that's a big chunk of what a your marriage is likely founded on. I mean, yours, but just the collective you as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. And, and a nice thing, too, about the Enjoy 11 for wedding night sex. That, that's a weird sentence. Um, they should quote me on their forever. website. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, yeah, you will have it forever. So like, you know, we might be 80 and not really able to physically fuck anymore. And maybe the 11 is still going to, you know, mean something and, and symbolize that for us, which is very, very, very much a perverted romantic thing to say. Um, but also, I just pictured it on like a fireplace mantle. I'm sorry. That's like, what mounted. I was picturing too. Found <laughs> <laughs> it almost like a fish or something, just like with like a plaque. Like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Here lies the dildo upon which our marriage is founded. Here lies. Now it's dead. <laughs> It, it yeah. abruptly changed in my mind from a plaque to a tombstone. I <laughs> no, anyway. I mean, if there if there's any, like, younger people in my life at that point who I can leave it to, I probably will, would try to do that because it is mm. an heirloom toy, like, literally. Like, it will outlive me. Um, mm. But what I was going to say is, like, a nice thing about it is it's one of the, the toys that always, almost always makes me cry a lot when it's used mm. on me. Um, I think because it's, like big and like really firm so it can be very um exhausting isn't quite the right word but I just feel very like depleted after I've been fucked with it (laughs) like emotionally and physically and I do think there was crying and I do think that that was a purposeful choice on Matt's part uh and Mm -hmm. that felt right because like not only crying kink things but also like after such a big busy uh stressful impactful day it felt cathartic to kind of get that out yeah yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. And I also could understand the 11 feeling that way because I am not a person who cries often, as we know, but I do <laughs> get that like kind of similar feeling after being fisted, where it's just like, no, Bex isn't here right now. <laughs> he will be back later. Please leave a message. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, the first listener question we got was from friend of the show Quinn Rhodes who wondered would it be too personal to ask was Matt in chastity for your wedding (laughs) 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 which I love and actually we did literally have a conversation about this Mm because I think like a week or two before we were doing like a a chastity stint and I was like have you thought about whether you want to be in chastity for the wedding because like as we talked about on the episode where Matt and I talked about chastity um Sometimes it can dial up their romantic feelings a lot, which seems like it might be kind of nice for an event that is already all about that. But they mm-hmm. said, no, they didn't want to do it, not for any emotional reason, but because it would show through the tight suit pants. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like it would be fun. I'm sure people do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, and for, like, I would enjoy it simply as, like just to make the post-wedding sex like Hmm. you you've been in chastity x amount of time and oh the day you get to look forward to the day you get to get out is also the wedding day Mm -hmm. um yeah that definitely ups the stakes quite a bit (laughs) yeah that's but that's just me having fun with like edging teasing stuff all right let me look at these other listener questions um this person's curious about, like, the morning of. Like, what did it actually feel like to wake up and know you're getting married that day? You know, I was actually really worried about that because as a person with anxiety, like, I am aware that sometimes I get nervous about things that, like, I have no real reason to get nervous about. And mm-hmm. I definitely have friends with anxiety who have a tendency to think that if they're anxious about something, it must mean something is wrong. Like, I was just talking to a friend of mine who started a new program at school and she's nervous that it maybe was the wrong choice because she gets anxious sometimes when she goes to school. And I was like, well, you have anxiety. Like, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean it was the wrong choice. Um, But what I noticed, actually, I wasn't nervous. Like, I felt Mm -hmm. very kind of uh, this is the right thing. I'm prepared for this. Um, I didn't get cold feet, as they say. And uh, I think I was more nervous about, like, getting my makeup look right than I was about getting married. Like, I was just like, I know I want to do this. I just also know I want to look amazing and I don't want to <laughs> fuck up my eyeliner. <laughs> Which mm-hmm. is good. Like, it made me feel definitely like I was making the right decision. And uh, did you get nervous, though? Because you were officiating. You had to say shit. I mean, I so did, did I. But <laughs> I mean, you had to say shit, too. Yeah. Um, but no one's going to come up to you and be like, mm, you fucked up your wedding. Mm. <laughs> Even if I did, they would Those vows of devotion you said to a partner were just, <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> you said them wrong. Um, yeah, I... Weirdly a little bit? Um, That's not that weird. Yeah. And just, well, I mean, it felt weird because I was like, this ain't about me. I'm not the person to be, like, nervous and, like, it, this is not... I'm I'm just here to make this great for Kate and Matt. Like, this yeah. isn't... You know what I mean? So, it, like, f- I don't know, yeah. being nervous felt like making it about me, which is well, not true. No, I mean, but... your, your nervousness is valid. <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to know that. Like, I would, um, I would also be nervous in that situation. You did a very good job. You made oh. me cry, and I, I was not expecting you to make me cry for some reason. <laughs> Which really is an oversight <laughs> on your part, I think. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I didn't plan for that, and they definitely should have. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and I was also, like, I was a little ner- I think I was most nervous because I wrote a bit to go into. So most of what I said you gave me. Mm-hmm. Um because there was a little bit of nervousness. Like, I don't go around officiating weddings. Like, this isn't a... <laughs> I, I have not done any of these. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're not, like, learning this new hobby of mine here. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I don't know what the fuck to say. But they told me, which is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a little section for me to write a nice thing. And because Kate is my friend and I love her, I figured I should, you know, do that. And it should be <laughs> nice. Um, it was very nice (laughs) yes but like nice little blurbs of affection are not my strength so I was a little nervous around that and I sent it to you to print out and like we had asked if you were going to read it or not and I was like you know oh it's up to you whatever and Ash is next to me I was like you really you really okay with that you really okay with it just just being there (laughs) and I was like yeah I'm fine and then a few minutes later I was like it's not fine it's not fine it's not fine Yeah, so it was in a it was in a Google Doc, and Matt looked at it because they were printing it out to have in the mm. little binder that we had. But I decided not to look at it because I I mean maybe it's because I'm a bottom now that I think about it. Like I just was like I would rather be surprised in the moment. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of where I was at. <laughs> well, and what's so funny is. When you first asked me, I was like, oh, I'd rather they be, I'd rather you be surprised in the moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was talking to Ash about it, who had been sitting next to me while I was stressing about writing it, um, <laughs> and was like, oh, real, oh, oh, really? You would rather wait until the moment to say it to her for the first? And I was like, oh, oh, right. That's how that would work. <laughs> no, no. I was like, that's fully the experience I want her to have. I, I right. It's not the experience I want to have. Wait a second. Right. Um, but then you said Matt had read it and approved and, you know, said whatever they said. I forget. Um, and yeah, then I was really like, okay. I was like, they said it's fine. They said it'll make you cry. We're fine. That's all. I'm good. <laughs> Job done. They know what they're talking about. Yeah, now that I think about it, that is a very kind of DSE interaction because you had like my dom going in to read it and being like, yeah, my sub's going to like this. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that I didn't even need to actually look at it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was fully enough that I was like, oh, great. Yeah, cool. So she's going to like it. Perfect. Because yeah. I also th- like, obviously, I also thought you were going to like it. And I also know you. Um, yeah. But it was just that like external validation from someone who I know knows you really, really well. Um, yeah. And I was like, okay, fine. That great. That I can do. <laughs> um, and then I was a little bit less nervous. Um, there was still a little bit of like, wow, I am here as the organizational structure for this event. <laughs> I I have to tell people like when things happen and sound in control. And I am not. Uh, you said your vows, and then Matt looked back at me, and I was like, oh right, my line, my line, not. <laughs> I was, like, looking back at them. I was like, I don't know. She's talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we picked you not only because you're my best friend and, like, very obviously important to me, but also we were looking at the crew of people who were going to be there, and we were like, who's the most charismatic person here? And, like, I think you and our good friend Brent Black are, like, probably basically on a par as far as charisma goes, but... You just made more sense. (laughs) He would have talked too much about, I don't know, video games and musical theater. (laughs) That's a joke. I think he would have actually done a nice job, but you know, you were, you were the clear pick. (laughs) Yeah. And he would have done an excellent job. And like also just being on par with Brent's charisma is 
very flattering. Um, but he gave, uh, and he also gave a great, like, toast at the end of the thing. Well, because we forced him to. That's okay. It was it was his turn. He also had lots of nice things to say. Yeah, he did. We, we were at dinner, and there came a moment where it seemed like a speech should be given. And Matt kind of looked around and was like, Brent, it's up to you. <laughs> Doming even at the wedding party. <laughs> Gotta love it. <laughs> One more question I wanted to talk with you about before we before we wrap up here is about gender neutral terms, um, which is something that I struggled with. Uh, wasn't really sure what to call Matt when we were engaged because, like, verbally, fiance is fine, but if you're writing it out traditionally, uh, you do one e for a man and two e's for a woman. Wait, so, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's oh. weird, right? Shit. Um, right. So I was the fiance with two E's, but then the question became like, what is Matt then? And we kind of agreed that like they were okay with it as long as I mixed it up. Like I used <laughs> one and then the other, like basically mm-hmm. an equal measure. Uh, I have a, a non-binary friend who who would just like try different weird spellings like sometimes they would be like a fiance with like an umlaut over the e or sometimes they're like a fiance x uh do you like i i do like my betrothed i think that's a Mm. nice a nice one do you have any thoughts on on these not well first of all i did not know fiance was weirdly secretly (laughs) gendered i don't why 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 yeah Yeah, (laughs) it doesn't even sound different Okay. It's because it comes from French where they gender everything. <laughs> do, is that how they gender everything in French? Yeah. With just extra letters? Sometimes. Sometimes there's a whole different uh, like ending of the word. Um, okay. Like uh, chanteuse versus like chanteur for singer, like male versus female singer, stuff like right. that. Um, but sometimes it is just an extra E. And um, I know that there's like a lot of like non-binary activists working in um places where they speak languages that are highly gendered like this Mm -hmm. like working to create new uh forms of those languages which is really Mm -hmm. interesting but uh yeah as it stands as far as i know that is that is how you conjugate fiance (laughs) i okay i shit i can't spell anything in my own language so that's Um, okay that one you probably won't need very much, so it's it's probably all right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I always really struggle with, honestly, a lot of the, like, non-gendered partnery words. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like a bad trans person um, for this. But, like, anytime I look at the big, long lists of potential things to call a partner that is not gendered, like... At least 60% of them tend to come off as, like, just cheesy or coy or not the kind of thing that, like, I use as a person who speaks weirdly. Like... Yeah. Who is, like, weirdly formal or uses wonky words that, like, people don't always, you know, recognize or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just hard for me to find ones that ring true. I think sometimes they come across as more juvenile for me, which is not a problem with a lot of other language, Mm -hmm. but feels weird in reference to my partnerships and my relationships. You mean things like envy friend or joy friend, stuff like that? Yeah, um, stuff like joy friend, but even just like, I don't know, like date mate and like... Mm -hmm those things like some of them are really cute but some and i'm struggling to think of some of the other ones um that come across as more juvenile on my in my they tend to be the more cutesy ones too yeah um which like some people love them and makes total sense but yeah you're right they're not always kind of the right tone for what you're talking about right because for me i think i don't know i think i really push back against stuff that feels more juvenile as a poly queer person whose mm. relationships can often get rounded down mm. away from serious relationship. Yeah. That so makes sense. I'm like very prone to just wanting to call someone my partner or the person I'm going to marry. Right. Like, you know, like I, 
as much as I love cutesy language about a lot of other things, here, for some reason, it just makes me really uncomfortable. And I think it's just because I want to affirm that, like, no, no, this is, like, serious, committed partnership I have with this person. They are a fixture in my life. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's also interesting, the terms like bride and groom, which are such sort of situation-specific terms. Like, they're really mm-hmm. only used when you're, like, planning your wedding and then on the day of. Um and like I'm a bride, I'm a, I was happy to be a bride, but like neither of these terms really work that well for my non-binary spouse. And like um, one of our listeners suggested main character, which I kind of like. I like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, because on that day you are kind of a main character. Uh, and then also like I had a non-binary friend who got married who was just kind of referring to themselves as the marriage person, which I also <laughs> enjoyed. Um, if anyone has thoughts on this who's listening, like I would love to hear your suggestions for these because like I just really think we're not quite there yet in terms of having all the right terminology available to us. And like it is going to become more and more of a thing like as time goes on. And uh, mm-hmm. I know that people are people are always coming up with creative solutions to these types of problems. So I'm really curious what what you all have come up with. Yeah, absolutely. Bex, thank you so much for joining me for this journey of talking about weird wedding shit. Yeah. And also thank you for being at my actual real life wedding. <laughs> thank you for having me. <laughs> it was very cute and special. Um, my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I've been Kate Sloan. I have a sex blog at girlyjuice.net. I've started doing my year end series, 12 Days of Girly Juice, which is where I wrap up some of my favorite things. Uh, from the year, like fashion and beauty items and favorite new sex toys of the year and songs I liked and books I read and stuff like that. So check that out. I also write a weekly newsletter at katesloan.substack.com, which is a bit more intimate, personal writing. I was writing a little bit about um, what it was like to get ready for my wedding alone, um, which was a little bit odd after having been to more conventional weddings where like you're surrounded by bridesmaids and makeup artists and stuff in, in like a big fancy hotel room. Um, mm-hmm. so that's it, uh, katesloan.substack.com along with a lot of other interesting stuff. And I'm also on Instagram and Twitter at girly underscore juice. Where's your stuff? I'm Bex. You can find my writing at bextalksex.com along with information about all my workshops. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at bextalksex. I'm also naked on the internet as Billy Lore. So you can find me at Billy Lore on Twitter, which has links to all of my porn over there. Together with the Dildorks, you can find us at the Dildorks on Twitter and Instagram and at thedildorks.com. You can also search the Dildorks in your favorite podcast app, which I'm sure is what you did to get here. But I'm going to ask you to go do it again and rate and review us while you're there because <laughs> it makes us look really, really great. Um, if you're looking for other ways to support us, you can also go to patreon.com slash the Dildorks to toss a couple of bucks our way and help me save up for a fancy new beanbag chair for my new apartment. <laughs> or I guess to furnish my podcast closet. But I, I really want to be in back chair. Bex is back in the closet, y'all. <laughs> Only when I talk to you. Yeah. Wow. That's that's worse somehow. <laughs> <laughs> not, <laughs> not you. I talked to you all over the place. That was the collective rest of them, I guess. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, thank you so much to Protodome, who did our theme song. His music is at protodome.bandcamp.com. Thank you to Amy, who did our logo. She is at starboots underscore on Twitter. And thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Otherwise, it's, like, really cozy in here. (laughs) Like, I enjoy it for podcast reasons, but also for, like, neurodivergent reasons. I, like, just came and sat in here the other day. I was like, oh, my little dark room. (laughs) I sat in here to do homework. I was like, oh, the big rooms are too distracting. This little one is dark and quiet. Just your little ADHD pod. I love that for you. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) Ash came over the other day and I opened the door and I was like, no, no, sit down inside. And And as soon as I closed the door, they were like, oh, I love this. I love this. I'm going to get one. (laughs) That's so cute.